Hello, Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Today, we are talking to Coach Katie Hempen. Coach Katie is currently an assistant women's basketball coach for Coach Fred Castro at Eastern Michigan University. Check out episode seven with Coach Castro. He was absolutely tremendous. Oh, by the way, I am currently a co-worker with Coach Hempen. More on this after our conversation today. Coach Katie was a terrific player at both Southern Illinois Edwardsville and Arizona State. This two-time former Pac-12 All-League player who played for Coach Charlie Turner Thorne is simply a future star in this profession. In the lines of Drew Valentine and Spike Albright, young coaches who I've talked to on this podcast that have this amazing established coaching mindset at such an early age of their coaching career, Coach Hempen continues this tradition. Whether it's Coach Katie's thoughts on teaching, on-court communication, being a productive, successful, and extremely loyal assistant coach, to detailed thoughts on individual development, to recruiting, to fostering relationships with her players, Coach Katie has it covered for young coaches today. This is also a love story, a coach who has always been in love with the game since she was five, and a coach who loves her wife so much that it oozes out of your computer or phone today. Trust me, you will feel so much better afterwards. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram, at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter, at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Katie Hempen and tell her story. Katie, why do you coach? Dro, I love to coach for multiple reasons. But I believe the biggest reason I love to coach is because I think you can make such an impact on these young lady lives. And I love to coach all ages. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the sport. I think you can be such a great mentor to players on and off the court in this aspect of life. And I think you can just help them grow as human beings on an individual basis. So I, I like to coach because I know I can help a lot of people on and off the court. You love to help people. When did you really realize that you wanted to be a coach? Oh, I've known I wanted to be a coach since probably like fifth grade. I feel like I've always been that person that has always wanted to help someone. And when you're always being a helper, I think that's just defining a coach is how much they help people on a daily basis. Now talk to me a little bit about your family and your dynamics of coaching. So not a lot of my family actually played sports. My brother played a little basketball on and off, but uh, my other brother played football and my dad, he was a coach, but not for basketball. He was a coach for football. Being around them and having two older brothers, they've constantly put me in the position of holding my own and making sure I know how to better myself every single day. Okay. So when did you fall in love with the game of basketball? I fell in love with the game of basketball in like fifth, sixth grade. We, I, I was fortunate. I ran into a a club coach and he put me under his wing and there was about eight of us girls and we were called the b-ball chicks <laughs> and we were some we were some uh some hecklers and uh we played summer ball together we played uh, school ball together and we played all the way up until our senior year of high school so there were about eight of us that had been playing for 
geez, close to 10 years or longer. So we had that connection. We had that chemistry. And it was a blessing to have those guys with me because they, they truly helped me and a lot of other things just not in basketball. Okay, so you mentioned your father was a football coach, didn't coach hoops, but this club coach, how did you correlate, like make this connection with coaching? So obviously he inspired you. Like how did he install to you that you might want to be a coach? He was such a, he was hard on us. Like, but at the same time, he understood that everybody needs to love the game, to truly enjoy the game, to truly be great at the game. You got to find ways to enjoy the game. And he did a phenomenal job at a young age of teaching us how the game was supposed to be played. And he's this, no, like legit, he's this six foot cowboy that would be talking ranch terms to us during the game. We're like, what about a cow and a horse? What are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> he he just, he was phenomenal. He picked me up for practice, took me home from practice. I was about 30 minutes out of the way, but he did whatever he could to make an impact on my life. And uh, that's when I fell in love with the game. Surround yourself with great people. You, you find a lot of success. Okay, so you're this great player in the St. Louis area. Start your career off at Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Transferred to Arizona State. We're going to talk about your lineage here in a second. Talk to me about your college coach. Coach Charlie Turner, the winningest coach in the history of Arizona State. What makes her tick? Uh, Charlie Turner Thorne, she makes she makes everybody better around her. And I think that's what makes her tick. She's constantly trying to bring out the best version of each individual player, not just on the court, but off the court. She truly, it excites her when when people have success around her. So for her to be around the game of basketball for t over 20 years, like you're constantly changing people's lives. But like, how did she make you better? Oh my God. Um, in every way possible. Um, I would say the biggest thing that she helped me was just being tough off the court. Mm. She challenged you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically every single day. And you take those habits off the court and you bring them into your daily life. And at that point in time, it's like, okay, well, what's a challenge to me? Because mm -hmm. I'm constantly being challenged in every way possible. Right. 24-7, three years, four years, if you come my redshirt year. But like, she does a phenomenal job of getting the best out of you. And now when I'm working in real life situations, I'm like, well, shoot, I've been in these situations on a, on a daily basis four or five years ago. Keep bringing that on to you. That's awesome. That's awesome. She made that impact in your life. Okay, so we're current co-workers here at Eastern Michigan University Current for Coach Fred Castro, the Eastern Michigan women's basketball team. But right off the start, what is it like working for Coach Castro? I absolutely love working for this man. This will be my fourth year here now, and we'll talk about the journey a little bit, but the journey is what's made it every day to be great. He's someone who is always constantly looking at the little details in a large picture and in from every view. So he makes you understand like all the little things are just as important as all the, all the bigger things. I love how, how he incorporates not just basketball, but life. Like there's been multiple situations since I've been here for my four years where he's proven to the fact of, I care about you more than just a basketball player. So knowing that my boss cares about me more than just a basketball coach means the world to me and my family. So one of the things I love that he gives his assistants is the freedom to really, really coach and practice. And just for an example today, transition drill, you had a statement or you, you saw a point 
I needed to make a correction and you made the correction and it, it was a great correction. You know, it was about 30, 40 seconds, but he allows you to coach. And to me, that means a lot. Like so far early in your coaching career, how awesome has it been that your boss allows you to coach? Oh, it's been a blessing, but I've worked, I've worked extremely hard to gain his trust and I've worked extremely hard to understand what he wants on a daily basis. We've had millions of conversations on how he wants this program to look. So his ability to feel comfortable to not let just me coach, but everybody on our staff to get that moment to chime in. Like, he wants us to talk because he knows at the end of the day, hey, if I coach 365 days of the year, these kids are going to get tired of my voice. Mm. So he's all about, hey, we need a new voice in here. Let somebody else hear you and let's see where that goes. And, and it's great because he's got that confidence to let us talk. And we have the ability, if we say something that he doesn't like, he can chime in and be like, no, that's good though, but let's do it this way. <laughs> like we're, we can't take things personal in this job. Mm -hmm. Once, once you take things personal, then every day is probably a bad day for you. Okay. Let's talk about this trust and how you gain coaches trust. So you're a great player. We talked about that two time, all pac 12 league player. You coach a little AAU before coming to Eastern Michigan. However, can you talk about this progression in the industry? So you start off as a graduate assistant to director of ops to now an assistant coach, right? So I mean, Coach Castro and I, we go back before I was here at Eastern Michigan when he coached at Washington. So he's he's known who I am for, and I've known for him. So you obviously went against each other. Oh, man, multiple battles. I mean, I'm not going to say that we won every time, but, like, we put Washington on the burner a lot. <laughs> but it's okay. He's got a Final Four ring, so he wins on that one. But I realized how competitive he was. I mean, he coached Kelsey Palm, one of the most competitive players I've ever played against. Mm -hmm. So the ability to start as a graduate assistant – and he knows how competitive I am. It's it's getting things done in a timely manner. Would you say that's the biggest key for any graduate assistance for men or women? Getting things done on a timely manner? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Give me an example. Like if your coach asks for film, mm -hmm. they need to have it the next morning. If your coach asks for a graphic, they need to have it the next day or at least show them like, hey, this is what I'm working on. When somebody asks for something, they're not saying, hey, in a week I need this. Right. From my opinion. And it's like, it's anybody on my staff. Mm -hmm. If anybody would come up to me and be like, hey, Katie, can you get this for me? Yeah, I'm going to get it done as soon as possible. Because when I ask, hey, can you do this for me? It's probably urgent. Right. In a certain standpoint. And and I think with Castro, I've done that consistently for four years. Mm -hmm. And that's just who I am as a human. That's my work ethic. Yeah. Well, you loaded up my computer today with Synergy and <laughs> Fast Scout Faster. I don't know how to do anything again, but you seem to know how to do everything what you do. So let's talk about being in that ops role. So GA to ops, like how much do you think that will help you become a head coach one day? Oh, tremendously. I mean, as an ops, you see everything on the background. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the budget, you're working on equipment, you're working on travel. You got to know why this works with that. You're looking at all the little details outside of basketball. It was a whole year where I couldn't focus about basketball really on anything. Mm -hmm. So it, it took me to a certain level of, hey, this is how we need to run the program. And this is the organization that we need on a constant basis. And he's he's instilled so many little details into my brain and OCD manners. It, it's helped me tremendously to who I am outside of basketball, too. What about the whole idea when you're director of ops? Like, it seems like you have to put fires out every day. How did you create this calmness within yourself? I feel like I've always been a pretty calm person in general. I mean, on the court, I'm energetic, emotional, <laughs> high intensity, right? But you got to understand when you need to, when you need to bring calmness to everybody around you. And um, you're right. As a Dobo, you're constantly putting out fires. You're constantly trying to make, like this year, we have 32 people 
Mm-hmm. 28 people, 28 people in our whole program. Try to find a way to make 28 people happy on a daily basis. That's hard. It's it's a matter of taking things one day at a time, putting out the fires when you can, making sure you put out smoke when before there's fire, and then trying to make majority of people happy. I think that's the biggest thing. All right, here are a couple of things that I've seen just recently working with you. One of the things I'm most impressed with is even though you're just starting your coaching career, you represent yourself like you've been coaching for 15, 20 years. <laughs> It's incredible. So one of the first things I've been really, really impressed with is you're a tremendous teacher. You have this this incredible ability to communicate on the floor. How did you learn to gain your voice at such an early part of your coaching career? I think it's because of who I've been surrounded with from the moment I was in fifth, sixth grade. And from the moment I am right now, I've surrounded myself with people that trust me. And I've worked hard to get in their trust and for that ability in college, like I've always been able to speak the game. Like that was my best thing that I could do. Um, I wasn't the best on ball defender, but put me in some help side and I could, I could break down rotations as we're playing. And, uh, I watched a lot of film. So now it's just a matter of my preparation of who I am today and still instilling that into our players. God, I wish, I wish I could take my voice and give it to my players, to be honest with you. <laughs> But this power of your voice, like how have you never been afraid or how are you not afraid to communicate? Uh, that's a great question, Dro. But in, in that standpoint, I don't I don't know why I'm not afraid to communicate. I've just never. And I don't want to say like I could care less about what other people think. Right. But I could care less about what other people think. If people think it's wrong, then say something mm-hmm. and then let's fix it from there. Right. But I'm not a sensitive salad in that standpoint. And I'll say something. And if. Anybody around me has anything to say after that, it's like, oh, that's a great idea. Or, oh, okay, that's cool. I've just always been able to step out of my box. I love talking. I can hold a conversation with any stranger out there. Yeah. But I enjoy getting to know people. And I think that's what's helped me out on the court is I do the same thing. I enjoy getting to know the game. I enjoy getting to understand why X's and O's work and why you can manipulate this or that. And it's just, I feel like something that's been ingrained in me since I was a little kid. Well, for younger coaches, I think you do an incredible job of confronting mistakes and correcting them right away. Uh, You're direct with it. It's never demeaning, but you identify a mistake. You let the ladies know about the mistake and then you move on and go from there. Um, And then I also think you do a great job in staff meetings. Just my observations of just like constantly pressing and pressing like, hey, what about this? What about that? What about that? And it's just really, really exciting to see someone have this passion of just like a ability to communicate and not just say, hey, that was a great play. We'll get it next time. Like, where did that part of your coaching just like DNA come from? So I've never had a coach that was like demoralizing and, uh, I had a, I have, I've had a lot of coaches that have held me, held me accountable at a high standard, but I've learned to uh, take the message and not the tone. And when I see these kids and that's they, a great point. Great. Thank you. Uh, when I see these kids and they, they drop the ball or they turn it over, or they do something in the back of my mind. I'm like, well, they didn't mean to do that. And they already know they messed up. So now their, their head's already a little quarterly on like, oh, dang, I just missed that passer. Oh, dang, I just missed that layup. So Who's going to motivate them to get them up? Or are they just going to continue thinking about that play? Like I've, it was been ingrained in my, in my brain to be next play, next play. Here's how we fix it. Here's what we got to do. Let's go execute it. Yeah. One of the things that coach Castro talks about all the time, and I've just been blown away is just this idea of juice, bringing energy and yourself, coach Carlos, him you guys bring this incredible energy. And obviously you have a support staff GAs all the same way. It really seems like to me, none of you guys really have an off switch. <laughs> So like, how do you find it? Like, is it, is it just for someone for me just coming onto the women's side now and learning? Like, how do you maintain that energy every day? It's hard. But to be honest, this has been my job since probably since I've been alive mm. to bring energy. I play, when I played at Arizona State, we had a really good team, but like we were undersized. We weren't really skilled. 
but we were really smart. But I would say the biggest thing that we had more than other teams was the ability to bring energy. Mm. Like you can walk into a gym and start talking and yelling and that other team can feel you immediately. Like, Mm. oh, snap. (laughs) Who's down on the other side? Well, it's us. It's Eastern Michigan. Or at that point, it it was us, Arizona State, right? So I made it a point with my teammates. Hey, when you step on this court, you got to let everything go. And when you step on this court, you got to give every bit of energy to your teammates constantly because this is what's fun. Uh-huh. It's fun going to play basketball. Uh-huh. It's fun playing this game. It's not fun going to school. It's not really fun working a 24-hour job 24-7. It's not fun right. unless you find the right job. I have a fun job. I play in a basketball gym all day. But the ability to keep that energy Honestly, it helps with our girls, too. Who you surround with. Castro does a phenomenal job of who he hires constantly. Since the four years I've been here, he has brought in people where our players can connect to them in an instant. Like, Joe, for yourself, you have great energy, too, man. Like, Really? Right off, right off the bat, you, you understand what our players need, and, and you talk to them. And, I mean, I hope we can pull a video up on this podcast, but you guys should have seen Joe's pro hop today. No, 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 no videos, no videos. Come on, Kitty. Okay. All right. <laughs> but the point is, it's like whenever you have good energy, good energy creates good things. Right. But it's like whenever you have somebody that's a cancer of the team, how many teams have you been on where one player is just a cancer? Right, for sure. Okay, so you talk about this incredible energy, you bring it on the floor. We're going to share in a little bit about you and your personal life, but you shared something with the players a few days ago about your personal life. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was amazing how the, the young ladies responded to you. Uh, it was pure love, pure joy, pure connection with the players. How do you create these relationships off the floor? It's one of the things I struggled with the men for 20 years. I just, you know, I mentioned it a few times on the podcast where I grinded, 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 didn't spend enough time with the guys. Like, how do you balance both? It's tough. It's a lot. But I I look at it as just because you got your players to your school, that doesn't mean you you stop recruiting them. Mm. I mean, you think about it. When you're recruiting kids, you're constantly talking to them. And then when they get here on campus... How much do you actually talk to them? How much do you actually reach out? How do you ask them about their day? Do you ask them about school? Do you ask them about family? Do you ask them about life? And I think that's where I've taken on that responsibility of like, I, I still got to recruit these kids that are still here, all 18 of them. And that's like, con- that's constantly checking in on them. Like if they have a sick day, reaching out to them, calling them, hey, how are you feeling? What do you need? What, how, can I, how can I help you? Like, for example, I was, I was sick these last few days and Probably half the team reached out to me and I got giddy every time somebody somebody had texted me because to me that just shows like I care about enough about them that they're willing to reach out to me and do the same exact thing. But the ability of taking your time and making sure that they're good off the court is, is I think, extremely important. So for our men coaches out there, and I think this is a beautiful word and it could really even help them too. What does the term sisterhood mean? Oh, sisterhood. I think sisterhood is um, a very very important word and it can be just as considered as brotherhood right but sister word is finding that genuine relationship i it was like three years out of college i got married mm-hmm. and 10 of my teammates came to my wedding mm. that's a sisterhood right you create this bond you go through so much heartache and happiness and success and failure that it bonds you so so well 
because you've been through every moment in life with them for four years. Now it's a matter of continuing that sisterhood, continuing outside after you graduate to reach out to them, check in on them. But can you build that sisterhood strong while you're here as well? Because if you can build a strong sisterhood and everybody genuinely has each other's backs, that's a championship culture in my opinion. Because you're willing to do whatever it is on the court, but you're also willing to do whatever it is off the court. That's great. It's the first time I've heard that word. I really was, uh, it's on a few of our job responsibilities and you really anchor it with the team. And I've just thought it was just an, uh, an amazing word that needed to be shared, especially with male coaches. I just think that's a, uh, it's a super cool word. And I just, you know, now that I'm coaching, you know, with the women, I, I'm starting to feel it a little bit, but I love how you anchor it. And I just, I just was really diving in to get a little more insight on it. So thanks. Yeah, no problem. I, like I said, I think it, it, starts your championship culture off like you got to truly be a family to go in like you got to have each other's backs you got to be able to hold each other accountable you got to be able to hold each other to high standards and be able to respond in a certain way that hey this isn't a personal attack this is my sister talking to me i gotta go be on help side i gotta go get the stop i gotta go get the rebound so it comes back to being you can't be sensitive you got to really be able to hold yourself accountable whenever your sisters talk to you Mm, that's awesome. Okay. So you mentioned recruiting the players that you have and without diving into specifics of NCA stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like right away, like, so you went from the GA to the Dobo and, and you obviously watched high level recruiting at Arizona state, but like, what are some like simple things that you just concentrated on when you started in recruiting? The simple things is, uh, one can't get any more simple than this, but be yourself, but make sure you're genuine. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, I, I, I talk to players and I talk to parents in the aspect of how I felt when I was 18 going to college. I moved over a thousand miles away from my family. And it's hard because you have a support system for 18 years and then you leave them. And yes, there's FaceTime. Yes, there's texting. But at the end of the day, like you're alone. So that sister comes into play. So being genuine when you talk to recruits and being like, hey, I'm going to be here for you all day, every day. Like this, this is our, where our relationship starts. And you got to know, like my college experience helps everything with my recruiting of how I would, I would change my college experience in a certain standpoint and make sure, Hey, these are the things that help me in college. Mm-hmm. I'm right out of college. So I can help lead you into the direction of where I've been going. So for you being yourself, it's pretty easy when you recruit. You get on the phone and and you talk away and and you do your thing. Mm -hmm. For someone like me, it was doesn't love to talk on the phone and you know it's more of a texter. Like when you go that route with route with social media, like how do you hit the girls up? Like just different ways. Like how do you make these connections? I just hit them up on a daily basis, ask them how their day went, see what they love to do. Mm. Because everybody was in high school at one point. Like sometimes high school sucks. (laughs) right so like i'll talk to some of these kids and they're like i had a bad day well why'd you have a bad day what's going on man like because maybe they don't talk to their parents or maybe they don't talk to their siblings and and it's somebody else they can talk to that's outside their bubble at the moment okay so skill development is huge in recruiting whether it's not only here at eastern michigan or any any place you know everyone's talking about getting players better yeah but as a recruiter how do you present that to a young lady and their family that you're going to get them better? I talked to him about my experience personally, to mm. be honest. I was very, I had a good high school coach and I had a phenomenal college coach, but there was a point in my life where I did a lot of my own training. Mm. I got into the gym by myself. I knew I watched a lot of basketball. I knew what foot, footwork I needed to do. I needed to know how to manipulate offense and defense. And for me, like player development's my favorite part of this game. Right. And that's where I think you're great at. So you present this plan when you get on the floor with some of the young ladies, like, and obviously you work at the forwards and the wings, but you also work with all the guards. You work with every player, but like, what are some things that you try to really concentrate on when you're on the floor with the young ladies? I'm constantly 
focusing on footwork. 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 Why footwork? Well, footwork is the fundamental base to everything, right? If you got bad footwork, it's hard to get into a shot, hard to get into your drive. Is your balance good? Is it not good? I think footwork is one of the most key development standpoints that a lot of people just don't think about. Like even going onto a drive, like can you jab on a drive and make your defender go one way and you go the other way? Like it's all about footwork. And if you can set up your defender by using great footwork, then that's phenomenal. Like I wasn't fast in college. I surely mm. couldn't jump, mm. but I could surely get my shot off. Mm. But it's a lot of different footwork I learned. The drop step, one, two, cross steps, step backs, side steps, name it all. I had it in my bag. That's really, really good because, you know, when you think about player development, you think about reps on shots, ball handling. You know, I use a lot of pads. I don't think I think the young ladies think I'm crazy with it, but it's just all different. <laughs> but this whole like this whole concept of pivoting and like and then all the lateral movements and jabs and playing with your feet and just like you can tell when I watch you play, you're low, your base is good. And, you, you know, you're, you do a good job of using your body to shield people off like. That's pretty incredible when you think about, we have all these, you could go on Instagram and watch 100 skill development videos tonight and probably you wouldn't see the emphasis on footwork. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people work on the baby fundamentals in basketball anymore, to be honest. Or you see the videos where high schoolers are dribbling a million times between their legs and they're going to go finish a layup. Like to me, I think it's washed out the player development. Like there's a lot of good player development coaches, but you really got to find them. Other than that, you're just dribbling in the same spot, doing the same move, in my opinion. That's mm, great. I'm going to incorporate some of this tomorrow. All right. <laughs> so pretty much talked about your whole professional career and where you're going. And I think you're a massive star and big things are ahead. Thanks. Ray. I know you're humble as can be, but you mentioned your wife. I haven't met your wife yet, so I'm very, very frustrated with that. But <laughs> so you and your wife are expecting, right? Correct. We are expecting a baby girl in April, Sage Elizabeth. Oh, it's awesome. Um, and and I'm sorry you haven't met my wife because to be <laughs> honest, she's definitely my better half. One hundred percent. She is such an amazing soul dro. She's a coach herself. Mm -hmm. She coaches soccer and um, she coaches the little babies. So she's coaching like fifth graders. They're like chickens with their head cut off running around. Mm -hmm. So the ability of her patience to work with such the young kids. She does such a phenomenal job. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without her. She is everything to me. Well, that's amazing. That's pure love there. What, how do you balance being a young professional? So good. So driven. You're, you're nonstop recruiting all the time. You're always working with the girls. You're spending time with the ladies. Uh, you're in meetings. Like how do you balance being a new couple, a new, uh, you know, not a new couple, but like newly married and, yeah. and, and approaching having a, you know, a starting a family. It's funny you say that because when I was a graduate assistant here, we were already, Devin and I were already married. Okay. And she drops me off at like eight o'clock at night here. And I'm in the car with her and I'm like, babe, I know this might be a little late, but this is my life. <laughs> like, if you want to back out, you can back out now. Like I gave her the out and uh, she starts cracking up. She's like, no, no, no. Like she was a star herself at Arizona State for soccer. So mm -hmm. as an athlete, she understands what it takes to go have a championship culture. Mm -hmm. And that's thinking about basketball 24 seven at a certain point in your life. And, um, to be honest, she's my number one fan. Dro, when you see her this year, she'll be in the stands. She'll be hooting and hollering. She's a wild mess, but she's going to be the, one of the biggest Eagles supporters out there. Well, I guess the biggest question now is your daughter going to be a Hooper or a soccer player. Uh, you know, I don't care what she is. I just care about her being passionate about something. If she's passionate about paint, then let her go paint. If she's passionate about 
eating, let the child eat. I don't care. Just yeah. I need passion with it though. That's a great, great. That's one maybe I've done like 35 of these. This might be the best parenting tip we've heard so far. <laughs> and you know, for years or from months, everyone in the world that thinks that my son's going to be the next Tiger Woods, but he has to want to be Tiger. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. Always end the podcast with what are some simple tips for young coaches? I'd say some simple tips for coaches are be genuine about who you are as a coach. You got to be able to stay consistent every single day because if you're consistent, it teaches your players how to be consistent. That's one. Two, watch a lot of film. Mm. Film never lies. Mm-hmm. Players might think they're doing one thing. You turn on that film, they're doing a completely different thing, and it helps them see more often than not what they're doing and who they can be. Lastly, I, I, I think I'll end with just, like I said, recruit your team as much as you recruit a non-commit, and that's constantly talking to your team. If you want them to stay here and be a part of your program, make them feel loved, make them feel wanted, and that's everybody. And you could talk about the 15 roster spots, and that's one through 15. Mm-hmm. This year we've got 18 kids, so that's one through 18. But I think you got to show them a lot of love and a lot of support and have confidence in each and every one of your kids because it's going to take everybody to win a championship. Well, Coach Katie, uh, I know we're concentrating on the present right now, obviously helping Coach Castro and the young ladies have the best season possible. But for a couple things, A, I wanted to do this with you because I wanted people to know what an incredible coach you really are. I mean, age regard, like we're in a different age right now. I have friends that are you know, 30 year old head coaches, you know, I think age just like, it's just like thrown out the window right now. I've been constantly impressed with like young coaches that get it and understand it. And I wish when I think back with my age that I had some of the same thoughts that you do. It's, it just blows me away every day that you have this maturity at such a young age, starting your career. So a, your career is going to rocket. Uh, I just think you're a superstar. You are genuine as can be. You're an incredible teacher. You get the game. I mean, obviously you're going to show that you're an elite recruiter. And I just think like everything you do is like at the highest standard. And I'm, I'm really, really appreciative that I get a chance to work with you every day. And I'm just continually inspired by you. And just, I know you'll never change, but I'm just wishing you endless luck and, and great success in being a parent too. Thanks, Dro. It's been, it's been a blast talking with you and it's my honor being on your podcast. This has been a great time. And I always, I always love how much you hype me up. You're like my number one hype man. And I can never uh, appreciate you enough for that. I mean, this is coming from someone that's had 20 years of experience at a D1 level. So in that standpoint, like it does mean a lot. You've seen a lot of basketball. You've seen a lot of humans in this industry and how they work. So I appreciate your comments all the time. All right. Well, get back to that film and your endless (laughs) recruiting calls. And I hope you and Devin have a wonderful night. And again, have a great season this year. Just don't yell at me too much. I'll I'll be sensitive. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you, man. All right, Katie. That was a great conversation with Coach Katie Hempen. Katie graduated from Arizona State in 2014. Do the math. Katie is still a young coach in this profession. However, she just demonstrated that her age means absolutely nothing. To me, she is a flat-out future star. I watch it every day. Her ability to communicate is like a seasoned pro. It is simply magical. Her command of her voice, you have to see it to believe it and to feel it. Katie has elite level basketball pedigree. She played with USA Basketball. No doubt her knowledge of the game is at the highest level. However, her ability to share this knowledge and how she does it daily with so much juice just inspires me. I am literally working alongside a future head coach. P.S. 
Katie, you and Devin, you guys are going to crush it as future parents. Thank you, Coach Katie Hempen, for sharing your story. A little bit more on Coach Dro. My position with Coach Castro was simply a last-minute coaching move. I am extremely thankful that Coach Fred Castro extended an offer for me to help his program. Fred has learned from two of the best in Coach Coles, a Hall of Famer at Oklahoma, and Coach Neighbors, a Final Four at Washington, and the current coach of Arkansas. Coach Fred Castro is simply brilliant. I walk out of staff meetings and everything is covered to the highest level, how the practice should look and how it should feel, to high-level recruiting conversation and genuine and sincere relationships with his players. Fred knows what he wants with his program every step, every day, every minute. I would not want to play Coach Castro in chess. He is always three steps ahead. Happy to be playing a small part in helping him, his staff, and his players achieve their goals. Oh, by the way, the players simply elite. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. Hello.